Hi everyone, this is Jen and Sam and welcome to our podcast Miracle Mindset. Where we give you our unsolicited, probably unwanted advice. But if you want to become the best version of yourself, start believing in yourself a little bit more, then tune in every Sunday for the podcast. Cheers. Bye. So guys, as you know, we're still waiting for that perfect sponsor to come along. We believe that they're somewhere on their way to us. They're coming. They're on the M62 roundabout now. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be here shortly. (laughs) But in the meantime, we're sponsoring ourselves. So if you didn't know, we have our website, www.miraclemindsets.co.uk. And it's your one-stop shop of all things self-development. Yeah, so we do blogs weekly about manifesting, learning about your true self, honeys. And we also have, obviously, our shop which includes our journal prompt and affirmation cards so they really help get you to a better headspace like level up manifest better get better in your relationships figure out who you really want to become and it's honestly the amount of reviews that we've got about them about how they have genuinely changed the game for people is so exciting oh we love them take them everywhere like you don't have to go on your phone to scroll for these journal prompts or anything someone was using them on a flight the other day which is so (laughs) cute and we also have our journaling work pack so we have the that girl challenge which is all about routines and bettering yourself and becoming that girl really getting into a good frame of mind with your habits and routines and what feels good for you and then we also have a 21 day challenge so we are getting you into journaling guys so morning affirmations evening affirmations each week we build on something so first week is self-confidence I think second week is becoming a better you stepping into the woman that you want to be we've got affirmations to go with them like it is an unreal like ebook that you'll get and it's yeah. literally eight pound it's so, it's so affordable good. this is if you're looking to get into journaling you're not sure where to start you want to create a little habit maybe it's a little gift for someone who you think could do with it at the moment but it's seven cards that we pick for you of journal prompts and affirmations to really get you started on your personal development journey we're so ready to level up with you in 2022 save 15% with the code save 15 and welcome to the fam guys Hi there. I absolutely love the idea of miracle mindsets and um, literally what I do is create miraculous homes um, that support miracle mindsets. Um, So my name is Patricia. I'm from Ireland and I am a feng shui expert. I've been into feng shui since I was 15. I've been absolutely passionate about this practice and feng shui in my bedroom as a kid, getting books about it, getting my parents to hire a feng shui consultant to come and look at their business when I was like a teenager. Um, And I honestly don't know how I ever heard about it. No idea. It just was something that just kind of fascinated me. So um, feng shui... um, came into my life at a time that was actually really difficult for my family in the home that we were living in. There was a lot of tricky things happening. So they were getting a lot of um, drama, like sickness, illness, legal suits, just really so weird because that was not what we had ever experienced in other homes. So we, we moved house pretty like regularly over years and they would move into a house, do it all up. And we moved into this one particular home and it was in the poshest neighborhood. It was the fanciest house like we'd ever lived in. It was like OMG, like everything was like five star and beautiful and new. And it was like absolutely amazing. And everyone walked in and was like, wow. Um, and that house was like the most horrible house to live in 
And it wasn't because it was aesthetically beautiful. It was just because our family's life just kind of started to fall apart now from so many different levels. And miraculously, when we did move out and move to another house, um, it all changed. Like all that stuff just went away, <laughs> vanished. Wow. So strange. Um, and it was only years later, obviously now as a feng shui consultant, driving by that house and being like, oh, that house is bad for money. It has, it's good for money. It was bad for this. It was definitely this. And I was like, oh my God, like it was so much. Um, so that was like my first real um, experience of living in a very difficult home energetically. And um, I like to describe feng shui as acupuncture for your home. So it's really about energetics. Um, and there's a lot of misconceptions about what feng shui is. Like we think it's like moving furniture and knocking walls or making big structural changes to your home. And it's not that at all. And um, so that was like my taste of it in, in my teens. Um, and then in my um, late 20s or late 20s, early 30s, I um, a long time ago feels like I decided that I'd, I'd quit everything. I used to work in my family business. I quit everything. I moved to India. I had a huge spiritual awakening and lived there for nearly a year um, and basically gave away everything, like all my shoes. <laughs> I wrote off my BMW. I got rid of like, I just like everything was gone. And I was in India with a rucksack um, and I was living in ashrams and doing amazing healings and stuff was happening. Like I was doing Oracle cards for people and they were like, how did you know that? You know, what are you doing? What are you, I was, people were asking me to do healings for them. And it was all like this kind of mad cosmic experience. Um, so I came back to Ireland and had like basically built this, had this Mary Cup Poppins bag of all these tools and gifts that had kind of on, like, I don't know, had opened and that I obviously had in me that opened up when I stepped away from my old world, like from my old reality and stepped into a whole new one. And um, with that, I ended up coming back to Ireland and saying, I'm going to live in a new city. So I moved to, moved to Dublin and I had sound healing was the practice that I kind of loved. But I taught yoga and did crystals and in healing work and lots of different things. Um, and then I um, got a new apartment. So I moved into a new apartment and my flatmate, um, who was my yoga teacher at the time, we walked in the first day and I said to her, I'm not leaving here until I'm moving in with my husband. And she rolled around the place laughing at me. She was like, yeah, right. Like you're with the birds. And I was like, no, 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 I'm deadly serious. And I feng shui my bedroom and I did a few things around the house, just basic things that I understood and knew about feng shui. Totally revamped my bedroom. And literally a few months later, I met my now husband. And when I came to visit his house, I was like, he's done feng shui on this bedroom. I just knew that he had set things up. So that was really when I first saw the like tangible results of like my environment having to mirror me and what I wanted in my life. And I really believe that our, our home has the capacity, capacity to facilitate huge transformation um, by becoming like a vision board for our future and being set up um, physically, but also energetically to support us. Um, and, you know, feng shui is like, the, for me the missing piece of the kind of manifesting puzzle so we can do all of the mindset and which is amazing and very important because thoughts create feelings it creates emotions you know so that's really important we have to tap into that but um what's often overlooked is a physical environment and that's how I really got into it so I did it for myself and had results with 
with love and I was like oh I could do this for other things um, and my clients started coming in to me um, you know I had clients at the time I was working with them one-to-one uh, and I would start asking them about like what's going on in your bedroom how long have you lived in your house and asking them all these questions about their homes and they were like absolutely like what are you talking about we're supposed to be working on something that happened clearing something that happened when I was 10 and I'm like oh no there's something up with your house so um you know as a student when the student's ready the teacher appears and I find that with a lot of my clients as well like they're just in a place where they're feeling stuck and things are not moving and they're like what is it and it's a it's nice and easy to kind of shift the energy of your home as opposed to like try and rearrange your whole life you know you don't have to move to India that's the thing what I've realized you just need to change your energy of your environment um so when I started working with clients one-to-one and then the student ready teachers appeared some amazing feng shui masters arrived in Ireland and I started working with them and diving deeper um in that practice and was like oh my god like I'm helping clients do all this inner work but if their house like if they're raising their vibration themselves personally like that's amazing but if their house isn't changing and the energy is not changing it creates this tug of war because they're basically coming into me being like oh my god I feel amazing I feel a little lighter then they get into their house and it's like oh come back here like it's keeping them back stuck in their old ways and their old patterns energetically and um, so yeah that's kind of like my little foray into it and we started working um I moved into this house with Ken that he had built and when he when he moved when I moved in um I was like I'm gonna really dive more into this feng shui and he was like me too because he'd always been interested so the two of us did it together and we feng shui this house and I'd say about like a few weeks afterwards we'd a six-figure windfall completely unexpected out of nowhere and we were like oh man what did we and like every our whole life just changed you know I used to teach yoga classes for five euros now I'm like what so just wow. it was just a, a and since then like we've just started into feng shui and been doing it for like I don't know thousands of people around the world that we work with feng shui in their homes and helping them raise the vibration of their homes because you know, if your house isn't lined up to support you, like, you, you know, all of the what we're doing in our mindset and our energy and, and expectation of miracles can just be sabotaged by our home. Wow. What an introduction. That was amazing. <laughs> well, there's so much that I want to go into there. So for anyone who maybe hasn't even, we'll start at the very beginning. Yeah. Who has, been heard of is it feng shui or feng shui doesn't matter how you say it I okay. really don't care as I often like calling it feng shui because like it is really fun <laughs> <laughs> so what is the practice where does it come from mm. what does it do like just a little bit of a description of what it actually yeah is. for sure so um feng shui is a ancient Chinese practice um and it's five thousand years old so I just love the fact that this practice is 5,000 years old because we're still talking about it, we're still using it, and it is still getting results. So it really, if it's lasted that long, there's definitely potency to it, especially since in um, even up until the 80s in China, it was banned to talk about it because the emperors and the kings didn't want it in the hands of the common people. What? so it was actually banned you can imagine like this most potent thing that's going to help people thrive and have amazing lives and homes 
was not available. And, you know, some of my masters were operate like had to, went to China illegally. They were doing this all undercover. Um, now, obviously it is now mainstream, more mainstream, but it, yeah, it was completely bad. So even to have overcome that, come that is like really powerful. And um, it wants to be out in the world. It wants more people to know about it. So um, it's 5,000 years old. It's originally from China. Um, and what I love about this is that the fact that Thousands of years ago, people were definitely more conscious of nature and how they did things, you know, so think about a house like if they were going to plan to build a home that was going to be a huge commitment, number one, and they were going to they would stand out and look at nature and that this is really where it comes from it's very connected to um, five element philosophy and um, the Tao that idea of tapping into universal source energy and, and optimizing it so they stand out in nature. And they wouldn't, you wouldn't put a house on the top of a mountain because it would get really windy. So it'll be exposed. You wouldn't put a house um, right down in the floodplains because water could come. So it was like there was a lot more thought put into it. And we see where the sun is. How could we put a mountain behind us or have a hill behind us? So there's a bit of shelter and protection. And, and that's really the kind of main for, form feng shui fundamentals. Unfortunately, that's not how houses are built today. That's not how it's created. We don't, you know, there, there's a plot of land. Let's put as many houses as we can onto this and create an estate, you know, like, or, you know, so that's how it's being done now. Um, and what we do now in, as a feng shui practitioner is to mitigate the energies of what's being built. So some, like there's, I don't believe there's a perfect feng shui house. Like we live in a very good feng shui house, but it's not perfect. Um, and there's nothing, there's, the, you know, I really don't tell people to move house. Um, it's really important. Um, and really the main concept is that your home has an energetic frequency, just like you. And if we kind of boil it back to that idea of feng shui being acupuncture for your home, and you think about going to an acupuncture, acupuncturist him or her um you'll go you'll tell them what's going on and they'll go okay and then they'll check the pulse uh, um see what's going on and then they'll put needles in to bring your body back into balance get all of those organs happy and flowing and it's about flow um it's about getting that chi moving and the same goes for a home essentially um so some people would think as a feng shui practitioner that i'm going to tell them like Gives them interior design advice but you don't go to the interior the, to, you don't go to the acupuncturist for fashion advice you get a stylist you know so it's it's like not interior design um now and even saying that some of i've worked on mansions like multi-million dollar mansions and they're aesthetically amazing but they're a bit like that house we lived in um aesthetically beautiful but not a good feng shui in terms of like for me, when someone says, how do you know a house is bad feng shui? I just need to hear what's going on in their life. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. So if they're stuck in like stuck, single, unhappy, relationship issues, money issues, family all arguing, health things. I'm like, oh, there's something off with your house. Wow. <laughs> it's not you. It's crazy. Like, do you know when you said before about like your old house, I was like, was it haunted? Was there like bad entities in it? Like but so for someone that is experiencing a little bit of turmoil like where where do you start with that kind of stuff like what do you dig into or where do you start to think maybe this is a little bit off in the house mm. so um 
I love like one of my favorite practices and just even this morning I was talking to two of my certification ladies who are like certifying to become feng shui consultants with me and um, I was like talking to them about this and I was saying we were talking about this practice fresh eyes and um, so our home is a mirror of us and we can create our environment often you know we do so much in our life unconsciously you know we get up in the morning we drink our tea we do the things so unconsciously we create our home unconsciously so what the things that we have in our home can often um mirror and um, what's going on in our life you know so the practice is called fresh eyes and the idea of fresh eyes is to make the unconscious like conscious and we see it so it would be like coming to your front door like going outside your home and standing outside and looking at it and being like so how have I been looking look how I've been looking after this you know what does the front door look like is there weeds on the ground is it all like tatty is there cobwebs is it dirty like you know that's just the first thing so starting like how if I was a new person coming here how would that the impression of the energetics of the front of the house even just impact me even standing outside and be like how do I feel about it like does it feel look happy like honestly there's some houses that look happier than others just in by the look of it and that could be just the flowers it it has a vibration it has an energy you know um I remember um for example, um, some, you know, old houses often have like ivy and green stuck on the trees. And I don't know why I'm saying this because I never share this on podcasts, but obviously somebody needs to hear it. Um, the, that like ivy on like houses. Um, and um, oftentimes that can be a sign that there's um, sickness in the house. Um, and I remember working with a lady and I was feng shuiing her house. She was living in the mews of this big giant house. It was her, it was her father-in-law's house. Anyways, the big house. And I said to her like, oh, so how's the health of everyone in that house? And she's like, how did you know someone was sick in there? I was like, it's, there's like a living organism on the walls, like taking the chi and energy out, like literally taking the life out of the house. And um, so there's, it's very symbolic. So it's like fresh eyes. You walk to the front door, you come in and then start to look around your space. So feng shui is like, an, it's like an iceberg. So at the little tip is what I can talk about today that this visual, the aesthetic. And then what I work with my clients is kind of in the hidden energy, like the acupuncturist energy of like what's actually going on beneath the energy. And it's not visible. Um, but the on the visible plane, it can be very, very, very revealing. So, for example, uh, I have a, a client who, when she started doing the feng shui, I started saying, well, do the fresh eyes, like walk around your house and see. And in one area of her home, her husband had loads of weapons up on the walls, like loads of like, I don't know, I don't know what, what swords and all these different things. And, you know, that's like quite you know, dangerous, aggressive, representative of war, like that's not like peaceful, calm, chill energy at all. And oftentimes when you put something in your house, it's a reflection of like where you're at. So he may have been in a, in a negative place, you know, may not be like in a kind of like anger or whatever fighting thing they've been coming out and that's he's projecting it up on the wall. Now, as we worked and she worked with me with doing her elements or remedies and balancing the house she asked me what am I going to do like she was really panicked about the about these 
weapons on the walls. Uh, and I was like, don't, I said, don't pay any attention to them, leave them. You do everything else. You do everything else. You walk around and fix what you can change. Like take the things that don't resonate with you with the fresh eyes from your space. Um, and like a few months ago, she messaged and she's like, of his own free will, he's just taken all of them down. And like, I never said anything, just taking them all down because what's happened is we've created a house that's really harmonious energetically. Chi and flow is balancing. So he's no longer drawn to that. And he took them down and he actually put photos of all his favorite, like of motorbikes or he's into motor racing and motorbikes up there. So instead of like aggressive war, sim, um, you know, weapons now on the walls are his passion, his passion project, what he absolutely loves. Wow. You know, and it's like, this is like the fresh eyes because, you know, we, you'd walk around your house and be like, why do I have that painting up? And it's like a projection of what's going on in our lives. It puts that onto the walls and into what we buy. So, you know, the, the idea of fresh eyes is like, who bought that? What part of me bought that to put that on the wall? You know, I've seen so many, and I, that's why I said, talk about creating your house to be a vision board for your future, because I go into, and I used to go into a lot of, we do everything virtually now, but I've been in so many homes, especially single women's homes, where the artwork is literally repelling a relationship, like like saying, go away, I don't want a relationship. Whether it's a picture of a man, like this was in one woman's bedroom, she had a picture of a woman and a man had his back turned to her. Nobody ever seen her. I asked her, I was like, would you like to be in a relationship? She's like, yeah, but nobody, I never really have anyone. I'm like, they don't even see you because literally back turned, not available to be seen. So you thought that subconsciously. Totally, totally. Wow. Yeah. And the art. So like whether it's a picture of that or another lady, I'll never forget. I was in her house and I was like, oh, look what's in your bedroom. Like at the end of her bed, a picture of a couple together and another person in the background. And basically every relationship she'd been in, there'd been just someone else in the picture, like literally the description of the image. And it was just a, so then that became a recurring thing in her life, seeing that. So the, there's, a, there's a whole amazing nuance of what we can look at just on the surface with fresh eyes. <laughs> like, you know, why did I buy this? What does this represent? How does it make me feel? Like what part of me bought this, you know, single woman image? You know, there was a lady in Australia for 12 years, she'd been saying to her friends, do I have mistress written across my forehead? Because all that ever approached her was married men. And when she started in our program, she looked with fresh eyes what she had in her house and in her bedroom was a huge big painting of a woman on her own not only was it a picture of a woman on her own it was a picture by van gogh of his mistress <laughs> oh my gosh you're trying to make me think of like what's in my room what's blocking me at the moment from like where i want to go do you think it's so you don't think it's location it's not where the house is or it's not the house it's what's inside of it so that's what's inside of it is like the tip of the iceberg. The location, like, but you see a house will just be located where it's located. And then what happens is we will then look and see what the house type is. So on my website, I have a quiz that helps people just figure out what their house type is. 
Um, and the quiz kind of gives you an idea of the fact that there are different house types and based on it being built this way is more positive than this way. Um, but it's not like it's a permanent thing, if you know what I mean. It's like we can always mitigate it and remedy it. And that's why I like feng shui is that it's not like, oh, this is bad. I have to change it. So um, so the location is a factor definitely in what I do with my clients um, on a deeper level. But like you don't have to like you, you can't like move your house you know <laughs> so yeah. like I have actually seen some people like literally I've seen a whole thing where people like pulled the house up and moved it to another another lot <laughs> in America I was like oh in America they'll move houses like literally yeah. the ground and move. but that would actually change the entire energetics it wouldn't be the same house energetically because it would have a different kind of date of birth basically of connection connecting with the ground so it'll be different um, um can relate to like I know Sam came into my house and like at the back there's all woods and stuff so when I look out my window like it's just very relaxing and calm and you're literally like, oh it's like a retreat and like my house is yeah. so sleepy like everyone who lives in it is just so sleepy and I'll go out and like do things and then I come back to it and it's like nothing gets done here like it's just that kind of vibe whereas like when I go to Sam's house for example like it's more you're in the kitchen like you're doing stuff and people are like up and out and I don't know that you can tell like just on very surface level the feeling that you get in different houses oh totally totally and you know there's the ones that you get go to and you're like oh like this, this is definitely not that welcoming and and that's where the the quiz gives people an idea of highlighting like what's going on like energetically but um for what's easy on a on a on something like this today is just to kind of start with that fresh eyes of like just walking around your house noticing it like noticing what you have on the walls, like how, what does it make, how does it make you feel? Um, because it's affecting your subconscious. And is this something that you want in your life? You know, if there's times in women's life that I'm like being single is probably a great thing. Like I was the happiest single person ever. Like I just loved the sense of freedom and being able to do whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. And it was just amazing. And I was so happy like being single that um that a single picture would probably be would have been fine but if there's a shift in like now I'm ready to call in love then something the imagery needs to change like the the vision needs to change the art needs to change the way you set your space up needs to change um, and that then kind of inherently creates a change in you as well do you think like we put the energetics into an object so do you think that like the thing we either subconsciously or consciously the meaning we give to something has power over it over us so for example like if for example like I sat here and I said I want this to represent how I feel at the moment and put energy into that painting or that object it would have more of an energetic pull and change the energetics by my intention or do you think that an object just has an energy um, I think it's a bit of both, like some objects will have an energy. So for example, um, literally this morning we were talking about it, one of my clients, she was going through her house and seeing like some of the antique furniture that she had had, like and got from different places. 
like that's definitely going to have more of a story because it's going to have it still has energy it still has a frequency it's been in environments that you don't know where it's been you don't know what's been around you don't know the origins of this piece so there's definitely some that will come in will have certain energies and um, that we don't know and it's really tuning into it but definitely like for example um the artwork you're like i put this onto this piece of art like this piece of art so i have a piece here that's like um forest just about like you're talking about the forest and the trees the forest and then below it is just a field of bluebells so any normal person could come in and be like what's a lovely picture the sun is shining in it's the trees it's the bluebells it's beautiful it really is a gorgeous picture and for me it just looks like growth and uh, an expansion and you never and really it's a, an abundant picture because there's so many trees and so many bluebells and that like really represents like abundance and growth and flourishing to me and that like when I look at that I'm like oh there's you never see one bluebell on its own like it's a very abundant picture so you can have that in your area you know and that compared to like a client um that I analyzed her office a few years ago and her office was set up perfectly for Feng Shui. Like I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna to say to her. Like it's great, she has all the good things done. Like from a from a technical Feng Shui perspective. But when we looked at the painting, I was like, show me that painting on the wall, and it was a picture of a winter scene. And you know, winter is not exactly growth or you know it's hibernation it's death in in like celtic culture you know it's it's the time for going inward um, and i'm like that's not really great timing energetically to have in your office like in your workplace so and i was like tell me more about it and she said oh it was my ex-husband's i was like oh my god so in your office you have a picture of something that represents something that didn't work out you know, how is that going to affect you as you sit and work? Like that didn't work, that didn't work, that didn't work, you know? So it's, it's um, there's a bit of a, a dance between that. Like we, or for example, um, one client in LA, her, her, when she decorated her house, she, she got this around the frequency and energy and the images. And she had this beautiful painting. Her, she painted, redecorated her, redecorated her place. This kind of like art deco style. So it was really classy, very chic. And on the wall, um, the, from that era, it was like the propeller planes. You know, those lovely propeller planes. So you walked in, and aesthetically, you saw a room that had a piece of art that looked in keeping with the room and the decor. But for her, this was her new beginnings area and it represented her propelling forward. She's like, every time she saw it, like I'm propelling forward. So for people who are maybe thinking of like something specific that they want to use Feng Shui for, or like, for example, you use it to manifest this husband coming into your life. Yeah. What are some things that you did maybe when you were starting to get that? Yeah, for sure. So like, as I said, your space mirrors you um, and the, the apartment, like this is funny. So basically the apartment that I moved into had been my sister's. I mean, it's, it was my sister's, it was hers for, and she lived there for nine years before me. So she moved out, she moved to the, to London and um, her apartment came free when I was in Dublin. So I was like, oh, I'll rent this off you. So the track record for relationships in that specific bedroom I was moving into was zilch. She was single for nine years. So let's just say this was not a optimum feng shui track record, which you'd be like, oh, I wonder if anyone meet anyone. No, I knew they didn't. It was not good. So the first thing I did when I went in, I was like, oh, look at this room. 
it was bright pink like so the whole walls were completely cerise pink I love pink like if I could live and wear pink all day, all day every day I nearly do um I love pink but I was like this is way too feminine this is way too pink this is way too girly so I painted like three of the walls I got them repainted so I kept one bit of the pink but not all of it so that was the first thing and honestly you don't have to paint walls this is just my example of what I did um but it's typically not that but that was very very O O T T feminine girly space. So it's okay. Well, I'm, if this place needs to be welcoming for someone coming into my life, I want to make it inviting. Um, and then I looked over, and the bed was up against the wall. So it was pushed up against the wall. It can represent like pushing away relationships. So there's no space for someone else to get into the bed. So there's no space. So I pulled the bed out and I made space. So I got on my side of the bed and um, I also had two bedside tables. So you're thinking, well, this room needs to be ready for two people. Like it needs to be prepared for someone else to come in and to sleep here and to put their stuff here. So I slept on my side of the bed. I have my bedside table and I also got um, matching lamps. And like that was kind of that idea of like balance, like two for everything, two people, two my side of the bed, two bedside tables, two lamps. Um, I emptied the bedside table on his side of the bed for this invisible man. Um, and I prepared my space, you know? So I had a beautiful statue of a couple that represented that energy of like love. Um, and I remember one day um, I was teaching yoga in Dublin city and I done a lunchtime class and one client had come, I made five euros. And after the class, like, yeah, I cycled around Dublin. It was very different lifestyle to now. Um, and I made the five euros. And instead of like the logical, like, this would be a good idea to buy your lunch, Patricia. Like I went to TK Maxx and bought spare hangers because that morning I'd looked in my wardrobe and I saw that there was only pink hangers and there was none left. There was no spare ones. I'm like, well, this guy's going to wear shirts. He's going to need hangers. So I went and spent my money on black hangers, which I still have now up in my wardrobe, in our walk-in wardrobe. And I always go like, oh, look, these are the hangers that I bought for you. <laughs> um, and it was just that. And then that meant that every day I would go in and be like, oh, there are his hangers, you know? Um, and the bedside tape. And even I was like, I want someone who's taller than me. So I cleared all like cupboards, pressed the cupboards up high and cleared them out. I'm like, he can have those, he can have that, he can have that. And yeah so wow, that's like, really acting as if isn't it like yeah visualize but it's a different thing to like someone walking in your life and being ready for them and yeah actually, as well like you're then literally saying oh like I'm ready I'm prepared like you're telling everything about it is telling yourself that that's what you want and that's what you're bringing in yeah and that's the thing with with our with the feng shui there's an aspect of like setting yourself up for that future future sets um intentions but also the on the flip side of it is that like the energetics like unconsciously you'd have set your room up in a certain way that was like am i worthy and deserving of love and you would are not i don't feel like i'm worthy or deserving i'm not there and then you'll like put the bed up here or you'll paint it all pink or you'll do the things will just have been done completely unconscious to block it um, and then when you start seeing and shifting your environment it starts changing you wow that's so interesting do you think like so obviously manifesting for a soulmate but say you're wanting to manifest for like more abundance in your life so whether it be like a different career or business do you still think that would be 
to do with your home and you still could manifest in that way yeah so basically like feng shui has um the best thing about feng shui is that it covers every part of your life so i did a really amazing um, intention setting session last night in my community and basically i just shared like that if you ever done the wheel of life where you do the wheel and you see where you are and all the nine air all the areas and um, and it feng shui is a bit like that because every part of your home represents a different part of your life so when people come into my world on a much deeper way, we look at all of the nine areas um, and the nine areas are like your health, your career, your fame, your prosperity, your relationships. So when when we can do a, on a conversation like this, we can look at the top level and be like, well, your bedroom is where you sleep. It's where you spend a lot of time. It's definitely a place where you make space for relationship, but it may not be the relationship area of your home. And that's when we work with our clients on the energetics of what's happening there. So it may not be what's in that area. Like you don't have to sleep in your love and marriage area to call in love or your prosperity. You don't have to work in your prosperity or your career area to actually, you know, for your career to flourish. But the underlying energy could be really unhappy and not supportive of um, that coming coming into flow. Like it may be blocked. And that's what we work with with our clients. So um, we've had clients like manifest babies, husbands, massive windfalls, new jobs, new jobs for their husbands. Like I have one lady, Michelle in America, like she's a, she's a nurse and she also has a side hustle of a realtor. She's, she's in her sixties. Like she's absolutely like a legend. Um, <laughs> and when she first did the feng shui, her son won $67,000 and basically paid off all his university loans. So she's just like, oh my God. Then she manifested a new house. We did the feng shui in it. She sat there and she's like, aside from just my existing income as a nurse, I've over $200,000 to like an account to coming through extra since I did the feng shui. So like, and that's like, she's like, that's not just, that's just not even my salary. <laughs> so it's like, there's a, and, and it helps with jobs and careers and oh man, relationships. And, um, you know, our experience when I was a kid in that, or when I was a teenager in that house was that it impacted like relationships and health and legal stuff. And that's very on the personal level, but on the, on the flip side, um, it can also be in your business or in your, um, in your your finances you know so for example that house was definitely good for money my parents business was doing really well we were in like the best area like all the neighbors it was very affluent but the and the people inside were not well like there was not a happy vibe in there so it it can definitely um yeah it does work on all levels for every part and that's the thing it's almost like it's that wheel of life that if there's parts out that when we balance it it brings you into this wheel so you're tapping into flow because ultimately what we're doing with the house is tapping it into universal source energy so it goes into flow and then as that raises its vibration and energy so do you and then you start to see amazing transformation it's like a facilitator for growth Wow. Do you ever do anything on like the spiritual level? So like people who have lived there before and like the energy that they've left behind or maybe the people that are in there still or say, for example, if somebody was in a house share and they had like a housemate who was just like a bit of a bomb, like didn't really do anything, just like lived at home or something we used to live with, we used to live in a house like this um like would that translate through or would that be like separate 
Um, so yeah, there's two, two sides of this. This is a great question. The first is that um, like the house, the house finds you, like you kind of, it's a match, you know? So um, the manifestations that you may have or the people in it, um, the things that will unfold for them will typically be as a result of the, 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 the tough energy, the energies that are flowing there. So if there's like real prosperity, it'll be like, oh, this is really, I had a really nice booster. But if it's not that happy, it could create that kind of lethargy or this kind of laziness or this like, you know, um, difficult energy. Now, somebody, so I think that it's like a, it's a combination of both of the person and the vet and the location that can basically create this kind of tough energy. Um, and it may be the room they're sleeping, it may be the energy of the room they're sleeping in can create it. But the, on the other side is that when say, when, when if, if someone is moving or buying a new house, I will always ask, so why are they selling? Why are they selling? Why, why is this house for sale? Um, and that is always something that like, and then I'm like, okay, so it's, if it's in like receivership, like please feng shui it before you move in, because it's not going to be good for your finances, you know, and you may even like think about, think about a, um, a shop or something that you know that like basically it's always closing down and opening up again something new and nothing ever thrives bad feng shui like it's bad money it's bad for something so those ones can just be the energy of the house and the thing is when some when we work with clients then it'll turn it around like it doesn't stay like it doesn't have to stay like that but it can create keep that negative thing happening but for sure you can do a space clearing to clean out that person's energy like someone who comes in that's really negative and low you can completely do a space clearing that would certainly help with releasing that from the the space but it doesn't mean that it's not going to stop that energy happening or manifesting in a different way for the person. Does that make sense? It's kind of long-winded. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. I think like you, you never know either do you who's lived in a house before. Like I could go and buy a house down the road tomorrow and have no idea that it was repossessed seven times and then just sit in it and think like, why is all, the, why is all this happening to me? Or like, for yeah. example, when you moved into that house and like your family were getting these legal suits and all things yeah. that was crazy never happened before and it's not the first protocol to think like it's the it's my house exactly that's why i'm here yeah. <laughs> that's it's why i'm here my where my house is now it used to be um like they called it like a mental asylum it was like the biggest in like the uk and stuff i think and like so many deaths happened here and like so many people talk like there's obviously a chat for my estate and like so many people say like that we see like the the spirits in the house and the kids are talking to them and stuff and so that's why sometimes I like I sit back and think like god what are we under here or like what's like what's gone on in this house because like loads of people used to say that there's testing going on and stuff in and it's it's it really is crazy but I was going to ask you like Obviously, if you're brought up or like you're in a house currently, is there like anything you can really do about the about the past? Like, is it more is it more like a, an energy cleanses in like sage and stuff, or is it yeah. different practices that you do? 
Um, well, the first thing that we, I would definitely recommend like saging, that's a great idea. And um, in our world, so we're not ghostbusters when it comes to feng shui, um, but I have trained in like shamanic practices and healing and land healing and clearing. And that would be something that we actually have someone in our team who I recommend to do that now for our community. And um, because like, I, I love that. Like I'm just all about the feng shui in the house itself, but the land definitely has an impact on it. So we've had instances where we've had to do a little bit of land work or even like clear the ghosts. Um, so I was working with a shaman and I got him to come work. I, I was had done some training with him and then I was like, oh, come to my parents' house. And like, I remember my mom saying to me, I was meant to be going over to their house and minding the house or something. And she's like, okay, you can stay in my bedroom. And I was like, instantly like, no way, I'm not sleeping in that room. I just had this like feeling of like, I'm not sleeping in that room. And then the shaman was there a few days, a few weeks later or something. And my mom was, wasn't there. And we walked around the space with him and another lady and we walked into my parents' room. He goes, something happened here. And I was like, oh my God, someone died. I just knew and I had never really put my finger on it until I was like, someone died. I can feel <laughs> so, and it was literally where my dad was sleeping. I was like, oh my God, there's a spirit here when my dad was sleeping. <laughs> so like when, when we were there, we invited them to leave. And you know, they're not typically they don't, they're not bad. They've just gone that you know if they died they just didn't want to leave or they didn't want to leave um, and then you just invite them and say look we live here now thank you very much do you want to go out to the garden and plant a plant for them or whatever um, and sometimes it can be a bit tough it can be yeah yeah it can be a bit tougher to move them now um that's like kind of that's definitely more like geomancy and land clearing and energy healing with the land and spirits and that so you know, if someone comes to us with that instance, I'll be like, you need to talk to Penny, our our our, our kind of expert on that. Um, I could do it, but I just, I'm not really into it. Wow. Just like experience in India. I feel like there's so much amazing stuff that you've like figured out about yourself. And like, it's actually so interesting. Like I really want to know about your spiritual awakening and stuff. Um, yeah, so... So when I, um, like, basically I was working in a job that like, I, I came back to my, I, after university, I um, came back when my dad had bought a building and he was going to open a new business, a bar and restaurant and off license, what he had done before he'd retired and came out. So just part of me was like, oh, I'll come and help you. I had nothing else to do. I, I discovered I didn't want to work nine to five in a normal job and didn't want a boss. So I was like, well, I might as well my dad, like he's really lenient. So I'll just do what I want. So I basically ran that business for eight years and it was really successful. Like it was, um, you know, we had seven figure business. It was great. Like it was good. Um, but I basically like ground myself into the ground. Every day I'll go to work wearing black. I was like really at my worst I drank a lot I like I would go out and I was pretty much on the edge of like being an alcoholic like um it was pretty tough um and what happened was on that in that place I knew I would go home every Friday and cry on the couch like it got to the stage where my team would like or the like the people working would be laughing and cry day Friday Patricia like my boyfriend would come home and I would get home he'd come home for the weekend and on the Friday I would literally be on the couch bawling crying not knowing why like just completely like what the f and he's like what's wrong like and there could be nothing wrong like we lived in a great area had a great job like everything but I was bawling crying and I was like it was my soul like it was my soul going like what the 
what are you doing? So um, I was just kind of going around like asleep every day, like just run of the mill, club drinking, partying. So I left that relationship thinking that was the solution. It's all his fault. I'm going to change relationship. I'm going to be single. And then I went even worse because like I obviously didn't have anyone to be like, oh, I have to stay at home, like be sensible. Like, no, I went mad, like absolutely crazy. Um, and I fell, I went to a big ball and got really, really drunk and collapsed, completely blacked out. I probably blacked out a lot of times, blacked out really bad this one time. And I got home and I woke up in the morning and I had this severe kidney infection, like so bad, like as in that someone was like, you can die from those. And I was like screaming in pain. And I was like, okay, something's got to change. Like something's got to change. And um, I didn't even, I didn't know how I got home. I was like, you know, and I know listening to this, there's loads of people probably like, no, nah, I know. I was like, there's many nights I didn't know how I got home. And I just was like, something's going to change. So I started doing like acupuncture and all of a sudden, all of these people started coming into my life. So in, in work, like literally where I was standing, because I, I think I was letting out this call of like, help, something's got to change. So I went to a life, like a life coach came in and I sat with her one day I was chatting to her and I was like what do you do oh, well. so I sat in front of her for an hour and she asked me what did I want and I cried for a whole hour because I couldn't answer the question what do you want couldn't answer her then a yoga teacher arrived in one day like and it was just so sporadic like he'd walk in and I was like uh so you teach yoga and he's like yeah I was like when's your class next class he's like I have one tonight at 7 30 and I was like okay and he was like she's never gonna come like she's a total piss head that one's not gonna turn up my class and I got to the class and we sat in the mat and he said, close your eyes. And I, yeah. And then he goes, this is an hour for you. And like, I bawled. I just like, there's a lot of crying on <laughs> my journey. <laughs> I was crying because I was like, oh my God, an hour for me. Like, what is that? Um, and I would still go, I would still go, I'd go to yoga on Tuesday and then I'd be so full of energy that I would go out partying. <laughs> like, it was so crazy. Um, and then, um, I don't know how it all started to unfold. I started going to like a meditation woman started coming in, a woman who's an astrologer, like, so all of these amazing, like, I had all these angels coming into my life and I had no idea. I wasn't even connecting the dots. These were all linked, like no idea. I was like, that's just a life coach over there. That's this woman who talks about astrology over there. That's a person who does the yoga. I had no idea. This is all like culminating to a massive life change. Um, that my parents went to Australia to visit my sister and I was running the business. I was looking after all their stuff and I'm driving to work one day and um, I'm totally late. I'm meant to open the place up. Um, I'm really late. And this woman is on the radio talking about this retreat center in Italy. And I was like, hmm. And she starts talking about it and how she met her guide there and all of this. And I listened to, I pull up outside. I totally remember pulling up outside the bar and looking at the time, it's 10 past nine. It was meant to open at nine and I was supposed to open it. And I was like, I'm just listening to this. I don't care. So I'm listening. And then I come in and I was like, okay, that retreat center. And I go downstairs, open up. And once I get downstairs to the um, office manager, um, I, she says, you need to go on a holiday. And I said, I know exactly where I'm going. And I opened up my email. And one of those little angels had actually sent me an email about this place in Italy the day before that I just heard on the radio and I was like I'm booking that wow. so after that retreat I came back and um I just done loads of yoga and I was enjoying it um and my mom dad came back that was that time my mom and dad came back from Australia and they were like 
they were fine. Like that everyone was saying, oh, must be so sad. Your daughter's in Australia. She's so far away. My mom was like, no, because she's so happy. It's easy to leave because she's so happy. And it was as she said that, she looked over at me in black and was like, but she's not happy. And that night we were upstairs chatting and she's like, I think you need to leave. I think you need to leave. And I just said, I'm quitting everything. I'm go- And I, out of my mouth, completely on platters, I'm going to go to India to become a yoga teacher. And everyone was, she was like, what? You do one class a week. Like, I was like, so I quit everything. I wrote off my BMW about a week before I went to India. Basically, the universe is like, you can't have anything anymore. Gone. It's all gone. That life is gone. So my car was gone. All my like everything. I gave away 34 pairs of shoes, all my clothes, all my designer clothes. Everything was gone. And I went to India and I went to an ashram and I was in Mysore. I was in Mysore for a bit. And it was just pretty cosmic for a whole nearly a year of just I didn't really know what I was going to do every morning, but I was presented with so many gifts. I'd be like, oh, I think about maybe I'll do Reiki thing. And then this woman would sit beside me and be a Reiki master or I want to do hold a singing bowl. Maybe I'll train in sanity. Oh, if I buy one of these bowls, I need to know more. I Google like yoga when I'm in, I actually ended up going to Nepal for a bit, Google yoga and find a guy who teaches sound healing, whose brother lives in Dublin, who got me a job, gave me a yoga job when I got to Dublin, who taught me sound. And it was just like, when you feel in resistance, like you genuinely can sit back and just think like, why the fuck is the universe just doing this? Like there's no, like, we feel it sometimes when you when you're feeling blocked and resistant you're just like oh come on like something smacked me around the head I just want a lucky break and then yeah when you step into that place where you're meant to be and the alignment and you start listening to your intuition which is probably screaming at this point yeah. like screaming to unfold and like it's actually amazing it when is amazing saying, yeah when you were saying at the start as well about like all these people come to me and they feel so stuck and like it's such a common feeling like I don't know why I literally wrote down to like search why do people feel stuck like why do we get into these places or like so often people and that's just American mindsets and like it's just a feeling that people have but there's not like a, a feeling that you can change or like the motivations change and because you're so used to what you have so I think the fact that like you literally did go and you had that support from your woman stuff to go and I was even even listening to a podcast yesterday of somebody like a really successful um like entrepreneur and they were like change is what I attribute all my success to like my yeah. willingness to change and it's same with like feng shui and things if people are willing change. to change their environment and change it rather than just thinking like this is me like this is what I've got to work with now yeah and I think that the thing is it's like we have if if you know if you keep doing the same thing you're going to keep getting the same results you know if you keep sitting in the same house with the same pictures the same stuff the same friends the same same and that was what was happening these people were coming in and I was just making little changes so my body was opening up my mind was opening up with these little things and and it was like it was so in front of me and I um the I feel like the reason we kind of stay stuck and I think that people end up in the stuck pattern is that we've been programmed that um stability is what we need and it's from a place of fear that we're like we we have to get a good job 
get a house, you know, it's like this really, really, and like, go to university, do this, do this, do this, do this. And it's like that sense of like, this is the path that's being laid out for you. Um, and I followed that path and I was doing everything that was kind of part of that path. And that was accepted behavior, you know, that accepted behavior led me to drink a lot more than my body ever wanted and got me super sick. Um, and then after that, when I went, I stopped drinking alcohol for six months and I remember my friends, they were like, you were more fun when you were drinking. And I was like, oh, my God, like I just nearly died <laughs> from alcohol poisoning. Like, uh, honestly, I need I need, you know, this is there wasn't a compassion there. It was like you were more fun when you were drinking and driving around because it, it challenged them. And this is actually the hard thing that when you start to change. And I was just listening to a Joe Dispenza thing this morning just about this change. It's like when you start to change you have to be comfortable with other people not being comfortable. Like it's good for, and you know, if you following your intent, your, your path puts, a, disjoints a lot of people because it makes them question their lives and nobody wants to quest, question their patterns and their behaviors. And um, so it's your job to step up and be like, I'm changing and you can come or not. Well, it's, or not. He's going to defend, like defend us as well. Like, no, no, it's not me. It's you yeah exactly exactly so there's a huge huge part of like that questioning where you know the 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 way things are done in our world and how we're meant to be and the practical things and that's all from those lower energy centers that's all from fear and anger and power and you play whereas what happened for me is what I feel like is I almost got like pulled out of that dropped into India with nothing and just in my heart and I just sent that fit said that sense that had that sense of freedom that just opened up to all of these amazing opportunities um, and it was a change of environment you know and that's what I teach now you know it's just it doesn't have to be as extreme you know you don't have to quit your job and move to India to um to change your life you can actually just change your physical environment that you're in and start to really change it comes from the inside um, and then when when I came back, it, it's been so fascinating to watch coming back into it and seeing myself hooking back into some of those old patterns and those old things and be like, hang on, that's not the version of me. And I maintained that really heart centered place for for several years and still do. But it's more of a journey back into really connecting with that energy there where it was just like full alignment, full flow, just living in magic. Wow. all the time I, I remember um when me and Jen were in Australia I picked up a book on a bookshelf like so randomly before we were leaving and we were actually going to Hawaii and I picked this book up and it was like a secret Hawaiian prayer and it, he talks so much in depth about like how everything holds an energy and how it's called Joe Vitale I think yeah zero limits I know the zero book limits. Yes. there's no accidents <laughs> by the way <laughs> And that, well, that's what I mean. I was like, I randomly picked up this book. It's so weird. I'm literally going to Hawaii and it's zero limits. And like, he was saying how everything holds an energy, like the chair that you sit in, the room. And he was saying in that book how, like, he literally cured like a, like a whole prison of like really bad, like, what's it called when we go out and redo the crime? Do you know? I don't know, but he basically healed all them from the energetics. And I was like, oh my God, like it's a lot to wrap your head around if you yeah. are, like, if you don't really believe in that stuff. So you're saying that like, you need to 
bless your chair before you sit in it and I was like but it obviously works and like it is so interesting that the things around you do hold an energy well they obviously do that we're all made of the same energy like I remember reading in a book it was like you literally come from the same thing as a tomato like all the like remember you telling me that (laughs) yeah ingredients are the same energetically so you've got to make sure like what's around you you're like you're cleansing it energetically and like you're really being aware of that kind of space because sometimes you can feel so stuck in the life that you've got and just think well this is it without actually just looking a little bit close to home and what's within and what's in your mind and it's just we don't because it's so familiar to us we don't see it and this is why the fresh eyes exercises like we look at the stuff that you have you know honestly we have spent the last few months we we don't live in ireland full-time we live I, we live in greece in the summer times we lived in bali for five years like wow. <laughs> most of the time in bali we were in america i just said to i said to ken i was like oh my god ken it's my husband's birthday today and three this day three years ago we were living in new york for like a few months and so like I was like we were in New York three years ago and it's like people are like oh you're living the dream and I'm like you can too like and I know that everybody listening is like oh no but 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 my job but but the children blah 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 and I'm like children can get on planes there's schools in America there's schools in Bali there's you know there's homeschool you know there's there's jobs online like if you want to do and follow your dreams it is possible, like a hundred million percent. And for me, I feel like my job is to embody that and show people like, yes, you can live in Bali for a few months. You can live in Ireland. We're here for a few months every year. And I've come back and I'm not joking you. We filled a skip. I, every day, something else is just like leaving this house of like, how did I end up still having this? Like weird, weird little nuanced things that are like, that's in how did I end up still what's that what does that represent why am I holding it does it make me feel good um you know just actually the keys of my car okay I just like even simply like I've this lovely love it's his love and it's all the beads everything my husband's like it's such a big key ring and I'm like every time I see it it makes me feel happy I'm like oh my god I just love that key ring and it's like that's what you want to feel about your, your, your clothes your fat you're like yeah. you know what you're doing um and having keeping yourself tapping into that higher energy because it's so easy to be down in the lower ones it's so easy and to because so many people are like we've just you know years of fear that people have been especially in the last few years like literally it's just been a a, a fear a fear fest Wow. Do you feel like you live more of a minimalist like lifestyle or more of like a, you hold on to things because you think that they have the power? Um, oh, I'm totally way more minimalist. And I I never kind of said I would be, but I'm getting more and more minimalist now. Um, not for clothes and shoes, though. <laughs> but the clothes have to be really make me happy I think that's the thing it just has to make me feel really good um I I think you know minimalism isn't for everybody and I don't think I'll ever be an extreme one I'm just more mindful of what I'm buying what I'm bringing in is this something that you know um that's that's definitely more my philosophy has changed a lot more it's not like more stuff it's more um curated things 
I don't think now, like even in my wardrobe next to me, like there's clothes in there that, you know, you keep clothes and they don't fit in. It's like, oh, like they'll fit one day, like when I'm bigger or when I'm small, like it can go both ways. Get rid of them all. Get rid of them all. Like clear that wardrobe now. (laughs) And honestly, you'll feel so different. And then it's like when you let go of something, you let go of it and you're like, oh, I want to replace this with something brand new, sparkly and amazing that I absolutely love. Thank you so, so much for coming on. So welcome amazing and we'll link everything down below for you where can all yeah. this find you like what's your website or yeah sure so you can find me at patricia and um, there's the quiz there about finding your house type there's a guide um for money for your office for your workspace um and i'm also releasing on the 2nd of march a brand new feng shui mini course that's actually a walkthrough of our house so you'll get to see behind the scenes of our house how to how i've set it up what's the best practices and some deeper understanding of what I've talked about today. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Miracle Mindsets. If you enjoyed it, please let us know in Apple Podcast Reviews or on our Instagram, Miracle Mindsets. We love you all and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.